Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for Wednesday, believe it or not, July 6th. What's going on? What's happening? How are you? My name is Quinn and this is my show. We are coming to you live midweek from Chicago, Illinois, where it's super humid. Oh man, you should have seen my run today. Downtown along the lake... Millennium Park, Grant Park, Soldier Field, Burnham Harbor, all the hits. It's only mid-70s today, but man, if it isn't sweaty, I was sloshing, S-L-O-S-H-I-N-G, sloshing around. It's just that sticky, but great, uh, great time of year for people watching tourists of all shapes and sizes, we got Taste of Chicago coming to Chicago this weekend. And I won't be in attendance because we're going to Summerfest, which is why I am recording on a Wednesday night because Summerfest runs Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And I'm literally not going to be back home until Monday, probably, uh, starting tomorrow. Rachel and I are going up to Summerfest. Not going to spend a whole episode chatting about it. Maybe we'll recap next weekend, but uh, we're going to be we're going to be going on a slight rant today, and then we're also going to be uh, doing some July sixth trivia for you. We haven't done Beantown trivia in a little while, and I figured, hey, the the fans fans of all walks of life are going to want to tune in for this one. I made it. I don't want to say it's easy trivia, but it's definitely closer to easy than it is crazy challenging i tried to give hints clues all sorts of stuff i think we got like seven questions something like that you'll also be very happy to know that i've been working diligently today for like half an hour honestly on my u.s state power rankings and i think the way that i'm gonna divide it is you know i'm trying to figure out how to do it we're gonna do you know a multi-episode series obviously we got 50 states to talk about and this isn't just gonna be me reading a list this is gonna be me sharing my memories my thoughts my opinions state by state you know the reason we're doing this u.s state power rankings now is because more or less by the end of the series i'm gonna have hit all 50 states and so i feel entitled to have an opinion that i'm gonna share with you on all 50 I haven't figured out exactly how many weeks it's going to be or where we're going to end, but I'm thinking we're going to do a five-week series, and that'll need to get started soonish because we're going to Hawaii like third week of August, fourth week of August, I think. So we're going to get started on that shortly here. But I've been coming up the way it's going to happen, I think, based off of what I was what I was working on today. Is that it's not going to be like, okay, on this episode, we're doing 50 through 41. Although it might, you know, it, it might, the way my groupings turn out, it might be like between 9 and 11 states per group. But it, they're, they're going to be categorized by group. And certain groups will be like, oh, this state just really sucks. Others will be like, this is underrated. They'll have, the different groups, I think there's going to be five of them, which I think works for five episodes, will have, you know, their sort of naming conventions. And within those, we'll rank them, you know, at the end of the day, we'll go from 50 to 1. But you should really focus less on what's the difference between 48 and 47 and which which state falls into which group. So that's what I'm thinking. I, I spent, I legitimately spent some time at the office today thinking about that. Um, 
I also worked on some fantasy football stuff. Man, today was busy. I'll tell you that much. But heading back to Summerfest, here's a little taste of who we're hoping to see. And I will say I was I was doing a deeper dive into the lineup of Summerfest. And I'm a little disappointed is way too strong a word. But they do a lot of their stuff where it's like everyone's going at the same time at 930. And then maybe someone later at 1015. But there's conflicts on both, I think, Thursday and Saturday where there's like two artists that I definitely want would want to see both of them. Um, and that's just not going to be possible. I think Thursday is John Fogarty and Boyce to Men happening at the same time, at both at 9.30, and then Portugal the Man is at 10.15. And then I think Saturday or something, it's both Rick Springfield and Death Cab at the same time. It's like, well, that stinks. Like, I would love to see both of those artists. So I've made my choices. I Actually, no, that's not true. I'm definitely seeing Death Cab on Saturday. I haven't seen a Death Cab show since the last time I was at Summerfest, gosh, three years ago, I think. And uh, the the Thursday one's a little bit tougher because I would love to see John Fogarty. I mean, that's just so, that's like classic rock royalty. But seeing Boys to Men would be pretty, you know, awesome too. I don't know if they still do all the crazy dance moves or if they just kind of like stand behind their mics now. But regardless, that would still be really fun to watch. So... Gonna, we've got some choices to make regarding tomorrow night. Fogarty versus Boys to Men. But then Portugal the Man will be after that, uh, which I'm really jazzed for. Uh, I haven't seen Portugal the Man ever in my life. And they've been around for a while at this point. Gosh, what, like 12, 15 years? So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited to see that. And Death Cab is playing their first live show tomorrow, I think it is. The first show that they've played as a band since releasing the, uh, the the lead single off their upcoming album. So there's just a lot to be excited about, frankly. Uh, a lot that I'm personally looking forward to. It should be, it'll be good to get out. Uh, I've actually been to Milwaukee recently. I was there, what, about a month and a half ago visiting with, with my former uh, roommate, Sam. But otherwise, you know, outside of that trip and... Going to the Deep South in January, all the way back then, if you can believe it, I have not traveled at all this year, and it's I, I'm just like, you know, the 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 days are ticking off the calendar here, and I know I've got a lot of stuff coming up. We got Hawaii next month, doing a family vacation also in Wisconsin, hitting Wisconsin a million times later this month. I've got I've got I'm gonna have some good work travel. I'm I'm excited. Quick sidebar before we get into my rant here. I, I'm excited because original, like, Beantown Season 1, okay? You go back and look at just, like, the episodes. You look at just the places we recorded from. That used to be a staple of the show. Recording from interesting places like Memphis, Tennessee, on the banks of the Mississippi River with a bag of Gibson's Donuts, I was gonna I was gonna say a, a bad word earlier, and I forgot to give our listener discretion as advice, so I didn't say the bad word. Uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Town Podcast. I'm on one occasion use some language. Number two, this podcast is subjectively terrible. I was gonna say badass. I think about boys to men. I don't remember. But we, you know, I I've podcasted from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I've podcasted from uh, other places. I'm sure. No, definitely. Uh, Wisconsin, for sure. Indiana, I bet. Um, you know, but we just haven't, we haven't had the New York, Alaska, we, Texas. We just haven't had the chance to do that in a while because I just haven't been traveling. 
Uh, one, COVID, pausing a lot of work travel. And then two, just, man, uh, it's so expensive. It's such a pain in the ass. Uh, life is just, man, the last year, two years, kind of coming out of uh, heavy COVID here is just brutal. Um, I feel trapped in a sense, which is not a bad thing because I live in Chicago and thankfully there's something to do every day and there's family nearby, but man, it is tough. Um, you know, just car rentals, gas, any sort of flight price. So you just got to be more selective picking and choosing, but it's, it's okay. Between a couple Wisconsin trips, Hawaii is a big crown jewel. Um, the culmination of like 27 years of my life traveling, to be honest. Going to be doing some work trips. I don't know exactly where yet. I'll actually have a better sense one week from now doing some travel uh, work planning. I am the director of uh, off-campus recruitment for our office. Put that on my LinkedIn profile. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, I can't make any promises yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if we had some upcoming episodes from places like New York City, perhaps, or Miami is on the table. There's even a chance uh, in about two months here that I might go to Kansas City, which holds a special, this is the last thing I'll say, holds a special place in my heart because Kansas City was where I was when I uh, accepted this job that I currently work. I still remember getting the call. I was literally walking the streets of downtown, just browsing. I don't remember what I was doing, really. And I ended up having a call with the HR person, and it was super windy, and it was really hard to hear. But I love Kansas City. Solid barbecue. Not as good as Memphis. But just a nice place. Great pride. Beautiful downtown. Banks of the uh, Missouri River. That, that might be coming up. That's a hell of a drive or a flight. So TBD. I'll keep you posted. Okay, I wanted to do a mini rant here on the show before we jump into uh, some trivia. And my rant is this. Taxpayers paying for sporting stadiums, sports stadiums. So the argument... And, and I'll, sell, I'll say this. This is not a new conversation. This is not my first time being made aware of the situation or how it works. But there is recent news today that Lori Lightfoot, our beloved, in quotation marks, mayor of Chicago, is exploring via mayoral committee, which I want to know, hey, how do I get on one of those? I was on a committee at the law school this time last year, about undocumented students. And I didn't really do anything, but you know what? I Remind me. If you're listening to this, remind me, because I will forget in 20 minutes when this show wraps up. Email us, beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. Again, it's beantownpodcast.yahoo.com. I'll put that on my LinkedIn resume. It's always good to be on committees, be part of organizations. That's something that, if I'm being completely blunt with you, I don't really care about. 
just that whole world in general and people get really obsessed with it in higher ed. They're like, oh, I'm part of DACA. I'm part of MSA. I'm part of NLSA. I'm part of uh, NAFTA. You know, I, I was, I, I played a big role in drafting NATO. You know, everyone's got to have acronyms. And what's with those people that put, you know, they get a they get an online degree from the place that they work, and it's free, and then it's an, like an MLA, and then they put that next to everything: email signatures, business cards, LinkedIn names, Facebook names, Twitters. It's got to be John John, you know, Smith, MLA. And then people are like, "What the hell is an MLA?" When I was a kid, MLA was a you know, formatting tool or a style, Ryan Styles, and you would go to easybib.com and in the, you know, it could have taken you 10 seconds if you learned how to actually format MLA. You could have just done it by hand. It would have been super easy. But what you got, I'm giving... Giving myself severe PTSD right now, and, and this is probably nightmare fuel for anyone out there listening. You go to easybib.com, you choose your uh, format. You got MLA, you got APA, it's what I used in uh, in graduate school. You got Chicago. I don't I don't know why we all need these different things. It's really so, seems so trivial. This is one of the reasons that I'm never going don't have any current intention of going to school again to earn another degree. Like, just not interested in the just just trivial bullshit that is like, oh, is this formatting right? Uh, did you, you know, is your work cited perfect? Hey, you should make your, uh, your lit review longer. Like, after doing that in, in my master's degree... I always thought I would go get a doctorate, but man, I just, I have zero interest. Like, I would much rather go to plumbing school and learn how to plumb than go get a doctorate and have to put put up with all the, you know, writing papers and, oh, cite your source. And you know what? I've got, I've got a space for papers. It's called beantownpodcast.com slash blog. Okay, you can read all my recent essays there. But you go to easybib.com, you got to put in author first name, last name, year, titles, and then it will do a nice little format. But of course, it's a pain in the ass to export it. They're trying to get you to pay. And I'm sipping on some white wine, by the way, which is not a normal Wednesday activity for me. But I was getting ready to record, and I was just like, you know what, I don't think I can do this whole show with that, with you know ice water. And I, I had two bottles of white wine in the fridge, so I was like, this is an opportunity. Because my other options were White Claw Surges, which I had one too many of this past weekend. And I think I had like three, so it really wasn't that many. Spread out over three days. Four, four days, really. Friday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then I'm almost out of, almost out of whiskey. I am hanging on to the last drags, D-R-E-G-S or D-R-A-G-S. I don't know. Drags, drags. It's a tough word. Homonyms. Of the uh, the whiskey I was gifted 
by uh, my my uh, brother and future sister-in-law, Jack Nicole, good friends of the podcast, for my birthday, which was, gosh, three and a half months ago. I need to, I haven't bought, I haven't bought whiskey is because before that I was working on, I was nursing a whiskey that my partner's boss got for me, which I, Hey, no complaints, but also I've never met him before. So it's just kind of like, okay, no questions asked, man. And then also some scotch that I got, which I think was for my birthday, perhaps for Christmas from, uh, from Rachel's family. I don't recall the last time I bought whiskey or bourbon of any sort liquor really it's been a while and uh i'm almost out i need to make a run i need to get some at some point probably right after this weekend but yeah you export it to easy bit from easy bib you got to copy and paste it into your word document and boom there's your work cited and here's the thing no one no one actually cares about work cited why? Because everyone has so little time to dig up your footnotes and check your sources. And I'm, I'm, I, I never did like a full-on bullshit, you know, work cited kind of thing when I was in high school or college or anything like that. I was always honest and straightforward with that stuff. But it would be so easy to just like totally pull stuff out of your ass, make it look legit. And no one's ever going to be the wiser because no teacher has the time to do that sort of thing. So what I'm really bitching about here is regular old people like myself, taxpayers, paying for these huge sports arenas, stadiums, whatever you want to call them, it's totally bogus. And the argument from these these teams that, you know, pretty much own own the stadiums is hey, well, you know, we're bringing in a bunch of tourism and stuff and you know, that's benefiting you by living here. Here's the thing, if if my tax dollars go pay for and I don't know if this is actually the case, but I'm just going to include it as part of my argument because that's just kind of the way this show is going today. If my tax tax dollars pay for an Arlington Heights Bears stadium, I don't really see the like public good benefit that I'm personally receiving from that. Even though you took my, you took taxes out of my paycheck to make it happen, um, you know, it's just kind of what what is a bunch of people going to Arlington Heights and gambling out there? and drinking a lot and watching a terrible football team, how does that benefit me? It means more crowded metras. It means, you know, other things that are probably bad for me. I'm just not seeing the positive benefits, but you charged me to make it happen. Or this dome at Soldier Field, who really wants that? I don't know, man. I'm just feeling a little pissed off. I really, I don't, I see that the argument that it like benefits the public good feels very thin to me. And while we're on the topic of just firing blind here, 
not a fan of this uh, whole Chicago Cubs fan DraftKings sports book that they're building at the corner of Clark and Sheffield, not Clark and Sheffield, Sheffield and Addison. It's a behemoth. It's where the old uh, Captain Morgan Club used to be. It's completely shielding the stadium from that corner, which is a damn shame because that's my favorite corner of the park. It's just a little bit more quiet, a little bit more chill. Not quiet, but like you go to Clark and Addison, and it's a madhouse. You go to Sheffield and Addison, people are just kind of, you know, just kind of nice. Some good trees. Starbucks used to be there. But the worst thing about this is the Cubs have woefully, W-O-E-F-U-L-L-Y, underspent on their roster this year. I think they're literally 15th or 16th in the league in payroll, which is absurd for, excuse me, a team of their resources, some of the richest owners in baseball, the Ricketts family, they, you know, won a World Series six years ago. Like, you know, it's just kind of ridiculous. So they they have spent so little on the team. The team sucks. Again, our ass is blasted, although we have won four series in a row. But we traded away all our star players. Not Not saying that was a good decision, bad decision. It's just like that you did that. And so now we're spending all this money on this sports book so that you can just attract gamblers from the suburbs. Man, bad luck. All right, let's let's change the pace here. Let's lighten things up. Let's say thanks to our sponsors, our good friends at Home Pride Oregon. If you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, you need you, you need, 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 need someone. It's like with Brady Bunch with those uh, tiki necklaces. I made a reference to the Brady Bunch. Uh, is it part of the show or is it the movie when they go to Hawaii? I don't remember. Uh, this past weekend in the pool, I don't think anyone got it. You know those those sixty year old show references just aren't what they used to be anymore. If you need your home inspected in Central Oregon, call someone that you can trust. He's safe. He's certified. He's like triply insured, I think. He's my dad. His name is Steve. Call him at 541-410-0316 or go to homeprideoregon.com. Guys, if you're buying your home in this market, you need a good home inspection. Something that's going to get it right the first time and all that jazz. Go to homeprideoregon.com. Check it out. Tell Steve Quinn sent you. And uh, you'll have something to talk about, you know, and that's a start because you want a good relationship with your home inspector. Our good friends, Samsung Q2U series, delivering crisp, clean and clear audio quality. We were talking about uh, Jacob and Esau on a patio, on a balcony of good friends of the podcast, good friend of the podcast, John Paul Pandowski. He moved into a new, new place. Great view. And I told him, you know what, all this talk about Jacob and Esau, I don't have my Samsung Q2 microphone series here. I don't feel crisp. I don't feel clear. So I'm glad to be, glad to be back in a safe space five days later here with my Samsung Q2U series, premium quality microphone, 
From Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, the Kings, the Samuels, the Chronicles, all the way to Nahum, Nehemiah, and all that good stuff. When God speaks, he uses the Samson. And of course, our course, struggling here. It's just kind of, I don't usually podcast at the end of the day. I don't do night podcasting as much, just generally. Uh, I'm more of either like a Friday afternoon guy or like an earlier Saturday or Sunday kind of guy. I don't do it at night very frequently. I told you how busy I was today with fantasy football and other not work-related things. So that just, man, that took it out of me. So I'm stumbling a little bit here. I promise we're going to finish our ad reads. We're going to do some trivia, and we're going to call it a day. We're already at 25 minutes. This is going to be a nice a nice summer Beantown podcast. Nothing too short so you don't feel gypped. Nothing bloated and long, although you want to talk about bloated. Me for like the last six days. Man, today's not as bad, but boy. Caught a couple of glimpses of myself in the mirror. It broke down right then and there. Tears. And then we're gonna you were gonna we're gonna end it. But to finish our ad reads here, good friends at Cuts by Q. Guys, ladies, transgenders, non-binaries, whatever the you know A is and LGBTQIA plus, I think it's ally. When you need a fresh do something snappy and new, you're going to want to go to one of Chicago's oldest independent barber shops serving Northwest Indiana, Chicagoland, Cook County, all the way up to like Kenosha, really, because that's how far the metro goes. And if you do Racine, I got to do uh, Amtrak, and that's like 40 bucks versus 8 bucks. It's just simple dollars and cents. When you need a fresh juice, something snappy and new, I didn't even finish that thought. That's okay. Call the experts at Cuts by Q. Beantown Podcast, or uh, Cuts by Q, Yahoo.com. Again, that's Cuts by Q at Yahoo.com. You can also check out our, uh, our featured styles on Beantown Podcast dot com slash cuts dash by dash q i couldn't get those dashes out of there i couldn't figure out how to do it so you're just gonna have to live with it okay as promised i have let's see one two three four five six seven eight july 6th beantown podcast trivia questions for you all I'm going to move through this pretty quickly. I'm going to keep the uh, editorialization. I'll take nine-letter, nine-syllable words, Alex, for 1,600 uh, to a minimum. And, uh, again, I, I tried to design these. They're all July 6th themed. I didn't, I didn't throw any cakewalks out there, but I also didn't throw any 99-mile-per-hour uh, any sweep sliders from Randy Johnson and uh, MLB High Heat 2004, okay? Kind of towed that line, if you will. I think they I think they are they're more of like a 45 mile per hour Ricky Shahada softball. Good friend of the show, Tarek Shahada, who pitched in Little League one time, I think one time only <laughs> while we were playing him and it did not go well. Uh just just a slower pitch than what we traditionally saw. And the runs started flowing out there on a June night in Bauman Park. 
so I think they're more like that. Uh, no offense to, to, to Tarek or anyone. It's just a memorable night. I had fun. I don't, I don't speak for Tarek. Uh, speaking of which, Tarek, a quick quick plug. Uh, Tarek has new music out. You should go check it out. Uh, you can just, uh, I don't know, Bandcamp, Spotify, I'm not sure. If you just Google Tarek Shahada Music, T-A-R-I-Q space S-H-I-H-A-D-A-H space music, M-U-S-I-K, M-U-S-I-K, like it's Eastern European music, like Brahms or uh, Bartok. It's a great K name. Or Dvorak. A lot of Ks. So you can spell music with a K or a C. I don't care. You're, you're the one typing, man, not me. He's got new music out. Go check him out. He's been on the show before. Good friend of the show. Okay. Uh, without further ado, here we have some July 6th themed trivia for you all these are in no particular order i tried to keep the categories varied there are there's one question that has a follow-up so it's really the same category and then there's two baseball themed questions and that's just okay because i'm a baseball fan and you're gonna have to be one too okay here we go first trivia question it starts and ends with baseball so here's our first trivia question on July 6, 1944, this second Army lieutenant and future infielder, who would go on to win National League MVP five years later, so in 1949, was arrested for refusing to give up his seat on a military bus to presumably a white man. That wasn't included in my research, but you have to figure that's the case. A white someone. Either a man, woman... Anyone else on the spectrum, anyone from the LGBTQIA plus community, you know, I didn't, I didn't find any further details. I'll say it one more time. On July 6, not without the extra comments, on July 6, 1944, this second Army lieutenant and future infielder who would go on to win NL MVP five years later was arrested for refusing to give up his seat on a military bus to a white man. And I want to say before we reveal the answer and go any further, these are all original questions, came up with them myself, did the research, so you can pat me on the back later for, for helping you learn some new factoids. They're all July 16th. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you don't need to be a baseball fan to have a guess at this one and kind of put the, put the pieces together, put the timeline together, and come up with an educated guess. The answer to this one is probably the one you're expecting. He's probably the only black baseball player from that era that you can name, unless you're just a huge Satchel Page guy. The answer to this one is Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson was in the Army during World War II. I don't think he ever like served overseas or anything like that, although I don't know that for sure. And, uh, yeah, he was arrested for refusing to give up his seat on a bus. The OG Rosa Parks. How about that? All right, question two. We're going a little bit further back in time here, actually a lot further back in time. Another one where I think, hey, if you just use some common sense, put it together, I'm not trying to put any pressure on you, but see if you can see if you can get this one. On July 6th, and again, none of these questions, I'll, I'll say this, we're one down, six to go. None of these questions are designed to be tricky or, you know, trip you up or fool you these are just straightforward ones i want people of all ages all backgrounds 
all LGBTQIA pluses to get this one or these ones. Okay, here we go. Second question. On July 6th, 1787, the first ever U.S. coin worth one cent was minted. On the back was an image of how many chains linked together circling the phrase we are one. Maybe an early Pat Benatar thing. I don't know. I didn't find that in my research. I'll say it one more time, and then I'll reveal the answer. Again, we're looking for the number of chains that were linked together. On July 6, 1787, the first ever U.S. coin worth one cent was minted. On the back was an image of this many chains linked together, encircling the phrase, we are one. Not in Latin. I like that. We're going with English right off the bat. Okay, so how many chains was it? It was 1787. Well, what's the only number at that stage of U.S. history that really has significance? In my mind, it's 13. And that is the correct answer, 13 colonies. Okay, so there are 13 chains on the back of the first ever U.S. coin. Okay, here we go. Oh, the music heads, the, the England heads will love this one. Okay, the film buffs. On July 6, 1964, this musical comedy film starring the Beatles opens. The film would go on to be named the 88th greatest British film of the 20th century by the British Film Institute. I'm looking for the name of the film. I have never seen it. I don't know anything about it. I don't plan to watch it. I'm not a Beatles head, but I'll say it one more time, and then I'll reveal the answer. On July 6, 1964, this musical comedy film starring the Beatles opens. The film would go on to be named the 88th greatest British film of the 20th century by the British Film Institute, and the answer to that is A Hard Day's Night. Apparently, this was right in the middle of Beatlemania, and... uh, I was actually doing some some research on other July 6-related things, and I saw it was one of those websites that you just look right off the bat, you can tell this is not going to be legit. I uh, found another Beatles-related fact. It said on July 6, 1967, John Lennon and Paul McCartney meet for the first time, and I said to myself, that does not sound right at all. And apparently it's 1957. Okay, but the answer to that is a hard day's night. If you've watched the film, let us know. Tweet at me. I'm at White Buns with a Z. The show is at Beantown Cast. We'd love to hear your review of a hard day's night. Okay, moving on. Here is the sort of two-parter. We'll see if you can get them. Okay, uh, on July 6th, 1946. 1946. This is... U.S. president, former U.S. president, the only U.S. president to ever hold an MBA is born, a master's in business administration. Okay, I'll say it one more time. It's a pretty straightforward question. I'm just asking you which president was born on this date and giving you a little clue. On July 16th, 1946, this former U.S. president, he's the only U.S. president to ever hold an MBA, is born. And the answer to that is George W. Bush. And you probably know what the follow-up question is going to be. What was George Bush's MBA GPA? No, I'm kidding. Uh, Which Ivy League school is George W. Bush's MBA from? So where did George W. Bush earn his MBA from? The answer to that is Harvard Business School. 
All right, I have three left for you. We got one pop culture, we got one science, and we got one sports. Okay, I think th- this might be this might be the toughest one out of all of these. Um, although I, I mean, if you didn't know anything about George W. Bush's education background, then you would have had like a one in, I guess, eight guess if you know all Ivy League schools. Although I can't, I don't know for sure that all eight Ivy League schools have business schools. I think that's the case, but I don't know much about Dartmouth and Brown to be honest. So I won't go so far as to say that. So if you could think, okay, which former U.S. president, you know, 1946, which former U.S. president is currently 76 or whatever, and you know that they have an MBA, hey, I mean, maybe you would guess Clinton. I think Clinton would be a fair guess as well. I think those two guys are really your only guesses. I mean, there's only so many to choose from. You have still alive. You have Carter, who's definitely older than that. Then you have... Clinton, Bush, Obama, and Trump. So I think really your choices were between, although I don't think, honestly, like Trump wouldn't have been a terrible guess either, if we're being honest. Okay, I don't want to, I don't want to comment anymore. You can determine for yourself, was it hard? Was it tough? Is this next one tough? Uh, But this one is a little bit more interesting. Uh, You're going to, maybe you might know this one right off the bat, or you might have to do some piecing together, or you might have to take a guess. Um, But we'll see. Okay, on July 6th, 1927, Janet Leigh, is it Leigh? Janet Lee? I think it's Janet Leigh, L-E-I-G-H, is born. Known by many for starring in the film Psycho, I want you to tell me the name of her daughter, whom younger generations may know from a horror film of her own. I'll give you a clue, not just one film, but a franchise. Okay, so I'll say it one more time, and if I... If I'm butchering the pronunciation of her last name, I feel terrible because I thought I knew it. Uh, on July 6, 1927, Janet Leigh is born. Known by many for starring in the film Psycho, tell me the name of her daughter, whom younger generations may know from a horror film or franchise of her own. And uh, you know what? If you don't know it at this point, I'll give you a little clue. You might know her from a yogurt commercial or a series of yogurt commercials the the real young generations might know her from uh, the remake of freaky friday with Lindsay lohan the answer is of course jamie lee curtis father tony curtis okay jamie lee curtis mom is janet lay i think (laughs) i hope that website i found that on was not the same one as the beatles one um, that said they made in 1967. Okay, yeah, we're good. All right. Wikipedia confirms it, just like my bibliography. All right, two more questions here. Um, this one, I struggled be- because originally I made it, and it was too hard. It just wasn't enough clues. And so then I added one clue, and that maybe makes it really easy, but I don't know. Let's just throw it out there. Uh, science is the category. July 6th, 1885 marked the first ever successful testing of this R vaccine, R in quotations, by Louis Pasteur. Damn French. P-A-S-T-E-U-R. Say it one more time. July 6th, 1885 marked the first ever successful testing of this R vaccine. It's not pirates. It starts with an R. By Louis Pasteur. So basically, tell me a vaccine from the 19th century that starts with an R. And I guess your 
your options are like rubella. Is that um, scarlet fever? We're learning so much here on the Bean Tom podcast. Rubella is uh, German measles. I thought rubella had like a. I guess it is, you know, German measles. So I guess rubella is like the common, more common name for it, I guess, by me at, or for me at least. But what's the thing they say? Like you get a, you get a three day measles, you get a like, there's, it's an acronym. And I think there's three letters. Rubella is one of them. It's like your RMP vaccine or something like that. And it covers three different things. Rubella vaccine. This came up on like Jeopardy or something like that, maybe two months ago. MMR, there it is. Okay, I'm not crazy. Uh, MMR is very safe and effective. This is from CDC. Of course they're going to say that. Okay, but what is the MMR vaccine? Measles, mumps, and rubella is my guess. Measles, mumps, and rubella. Hey, look who is a little scientist. Look who got an A in college biology. Look who got a B plus in uh, chemistry. Still, still passing. Okay, like Nell Larson, passing. Read that book, Loving the Virginia. Okay, uh, so rabies was the answer. Is the rabies vaccine first successful testing in 1885? We made it to our last question. I hope you're still sticking with us. Uh, it's a fine. It's a baseball one, and uh, I could have phrased this sort of one or two ways. I could have been looking for the city the park is in. I decided no. I said let's make it a little bit easier. So here we go. On July 6th, 1933, Major League Baseball hosted the first of these games played at Chicago's Comiskey Park. So I want you to tell me the type of game it was. Again, one more time. On July 6th, 1933, Major League Baseball hosted the first Ever of these games played at Chicago's Comiskey Park, which if people don't know is 35th and, uh, well, 35th Street, where the Chicago White Sox play, now known as uh, Guaranteed Rate Field, I think, unless they changed it again. I don't know. Did they? I don't, I, man, let's look this up. White, because it was cell, the cell, White Sox Stadium, and then it changed to guaranteed rate, but it did change. Did it change back to something else? No, it's still guaranteed rate. Okay, okay. So the answer here: what what game? What type of game was played first in 1933, July 6th? It was the All Star Game, the Summer Classic. I cared a lot about the All Star Game when I was a kid. I just it felt very magical. It felt really fun. I could give two shits about it now, um, but I definitely recall having a fun time watching it growing up and i think growing up there was a span of like 10 straight seasons where the al one ichiro suzuki hit an inside the park home run i think in an al all-star game you're gonna want to check that out pull up the youtube there's your homework for next week ichiro all-star game inside the park home run yeah there it is 2.5, 2.8 million views on YouTube. That's pretty good. It's in 2007. Okay, uh, that was some Beantown July 6th trivia for you. I figured I didn't want to do a full trivia episode. I didn't want to just bitch for a full episode. Let's meld the two together, and that's what I came up with. Uh, I don't think it starts next week, but it could. 
is our, uh, I believe, five-part U.S. 50-state power ranking series. It'll be the biggest endeavor we've done on the Beantown Podcast in a while in terms of you know an actual series of episodes. We don't typically do that. So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. You're going to learn a lot about the United States and my uh, mostly unresearched opinions of them. So you have that to look forward to. But most of all, I hope you had a fun time listening. I hope this show was uh, fun for you. And maybe you learned something. Maybe you learned about the rabies vaccine. Maybe you learned what MMR is. Uh, It's not ASMR. Maybe you learned that uh, Jackie Robinson was in the military. Maybe you learned um, uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis' mom was in Psycho, right? Like, it, it's silly for you, maybe, but maybe you also learned something. And I hope you did. That's what I'm trying to do. I want you to laugh. I want you to learn a little bit. And uh, maybe reminisce with me about how silly bibliographies are. Okay? Everyone, that's what I got for you. We're going to cue up our outro music. I'm going to Summerfest. I'm going to see maybe Boys to Men, maybe Fogarty, Death Cab, Portugal the Man, Skillet. Christian heavy metal band. They are sick. If you don't know Skillet, go check them out. They rock. I'm not bullshitting you. I fucking love those guys. That's what I got. Here comes our outro music. Most importantly, stay safe, stay sane. I'll check in on you next time. Happy Wednesday, y'all. Bye.